Hello and welcome to Big Les's League, an all rugby league experience. I'm joined by the rugby league guru in this one, and we talk about the season 2022 and what that brings for the teams in the top six this year. It's an absolute cracker of a podcast. I had some, of, I had the best time here with the rugby league guru. It was an absolutely great chat and a pleasure to have him on. Make sure you do tune into this one because it is an absolute cracker. The ball comes back to Stewart, they float across the line. It comes to Linda, back inside it comes the lines. He's away from one tackle, then the ball back to Stewart. They've got an overlap, Stewart's gone straight through. He comes to halfway, where are the wingers? He's up over halfway, he's looking for Reading Howard. He's still going, Stewart. He gave it to Maniga. Hello and welcome to Big Les's League, an all rugby league experience. I'm really fortunate to have the one and only rugby league guru back on uh, this podcast. How are you doing, mate? Les, doing well, mate. Good to be back. Seems like you're doing really good things, mate. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, well, 2021, what a season it was. It was just so crazy to see. Um, <laughs> that you, I mean, you wouldn't really think uh, South Sydney would have been in that grand final with the Penrith Panthers, especially with the Melbourne Storm and all the things they were doing this season. I mean, it was just crazy for me. It was just crazy to see. Um, even the Roosters, I mean, the Roosters had a pretty good season as well, um, considering injuries and stuff. It was just so crazy to see all, all uh, this 2021 season fold, fold, uh, just unfold. Yeah, for sure. And I think, uh, you know, it showed once again, the best coaches in rugby league, uh, they'll always be at the top and you had real changes and whatnot. The best coaches adapted the quickest and uh, no surprise whatsoever. The best, the best coaches were left at the end. Uh, Ivan Cleary has probably etched himself into that, uh, that top tier. Now I probably had him at the top of like the second tier of coaches, but uh, what he's achieved, especially at the back end of the season was incredible for them to win four, you know, three finals games in a row after losing in week one with a battered squad and not scoring many points, uh, you know, in the era of the most points ever scored in rugby league, uh, the best defensive team still won. So an incredible effort and, you know, for them to beat the Melbourne storm the week before the grand final, then get back up to win the grand final. Um, the ultimate compliment to Ivan Cleary. Yeah, no, totally. Penrith were just unbelievable this season and getting into that grand final, they really, you know, they had that drive from obviously the season beforehand, losing to the Melbourne Storm, coming back, having that drive to win the grand final was just amazing. So what we're going to be doing in this one, we're going to be going through and giving out some ratings for each team in the top eight. We're going to be a little summary of 2021 and then thoughts on 2022. So we're going to go in order of the top eight. We're going to start with the Melbourne Storm. I've given them an eight minus. I think they had a really good season and just some of the things uh, that they've done, you know, they're just doing what Melbourne do and winning consistently. Obviously that 19 game winning streak as well was just fantastic from them. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, mate, to see Melbourne do what they did this season, the year after Cameron Smith retires, generally uh, when a champion, let alone, in my opinion, the best player ever retires, team should struggle. Melbourne arguably got better during the regular season, but uh, I mean, um, you know, it all comes down to what you do in the finals realistically. Uh, and for them to put in their worst performance, potentially, like obviously of the season, but probably since the 2018 grand final, 
Uh, for me, it was incredibly disappointing. They, they, they were a much better football team than what they showed. I would argue that that Melbourne Storm team this year, they're probably second to the Parramatta Eels of 2001 as far as best teams to not win a premiership goes. I, you, like you, you mentioned before how crazy South Sydney season was and Penrith season was. Mate, to think that this Melbourne Storm team didn't feature in the grand final that absolutely blew me away. I'd probably a minus maybe, but I'd probably put them in the B category almost because on the biggest stages um, they didn't deliver, and that's probably harsh. Uh, but mate, you, it, you, your worth is decided on whether you win or lose on the big stages, and unfortunately, the Melbourne Storm a very disappointing performance uh, when it mattered. Yeah, no, totally. And to see them lose to teams like the Parramatta Eels as well, on two occasions this season as well, considering the season that the Parramatta Eels were having, especially at the back end, was just crazy for me to see, especially a team like the Melbourne Storm, who just have such a fantastic roster at the moment. And they've got some, and talking about the roster, let's talk about the players that are coming in. They've got Nick Meany from the Bulldogs, Xavier Coates from the Brisbane Broncos, and a little smoky here, Josh King from the Newcastle Knights. And I think um, it'll be a real fight for that winger spot, obviously, between George Jennings, Nick Meany, Xavier Coates. Um, I do like Xavier Coates, though. I reckon he's going to be on fire in 2022. And Josh King, I think he's a really solid forward just from what I've seen from him off the bench for the Newcastle Knights. I, I, I just love watching all of these guys play, and I think they'll be really good recruits for this Melbourne Storm side. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Xavier Coates, he's the obvious one uh, in a good team. He's going to be an absolute star. Interesting to see if they play him on the wing or if they move him into the centres. Uh, Remus Smith obviously played centre last year, but he wasn't signed as a centre. The plan was to have him on the wing, Branko at right centre. Branko was injured all year, essentially. Uh, so they sort of had no choice but to move Remus Smith in and I think the best thing about Remus Smith is that he's great in the air and they weren't they weren't able to use him as much as they wanted to last year. Um, I know that with about six weeks to go in the season, the plan was uh, for Branko to come back in and play right centre and for Remus to move out to the wing. Uh, Branko, unfortunately, then got injured again. So he, he just went straight back to Brisbane before the finals even started. So it didn't go quite to plan for them. I thought George Jennings came and did a good job. I know that he had... Uh, one or two games where defensively he probably got caught out. I, I know a lot of people bagged him after that game with Parramatta, but fuck, when 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 Micah Sivo's on the way that he was that night, there's not many wingers that are going to be able to compete with him. They were pin-perfect kicks. Uh, so I feel a bit sorry for for the shit that George Jennings copped this year. I think he's a really solid footballer. Uh, but yeah, Xavier Coates, interesting to see where they use him. He could be anything. Nick Meaney's an interesting one. I've, I've never really um, overly rated Nick Meaney. He came through the juniors with a lot of raps on him. I'm not really sure what position he is. I don't think Nick Meany knows what position he is. I wouldn't be surprised to see him end up in that 14 role for Melbourne. Uh, I probably doubt that he's going to turn into the superstar that everyone's telling me he's going to, but mate, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to, to back against Craig Bellamy, isn't it? Yeah, no, you definitely can't um, doubt Craig Bellamy. And uh, I think that next year, Storm are just going to be on fire. They're really going to come out and prove to everyone uh, that they are one of the best sides in the comp, if not the best. And look, I mean, talk about guys that are good in the air. Xavier Coates, and I think he'd be too valuable to move into the centres. I think he's a really good quality winger. Uh, Nick Meany as well. He can obviously play in that fullback role as well if they choose to take off Pappenhausen early like they did this year. 
Um, so yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. He could definitely play that 14 role, similar to what Nico Hines was playing. Um, I think he'd really suit that as well. And it really depends on how they want to utilize Nick Meany as well, because they've obviously got Brandon Smith coming off the bench as well. Um, so it is just going to be really interesting, or oh, unless they have Harry Grant coming off the bench, sorry. Um, it is just going to be really interesting to see how they utilize these guys. Yeah, but you'd have to assume with uh, with Finucane leaving that Brandon Smith will probably go into Jersey 13. So I'd say there will be a spot on that bench in Jersey 14 for a guy like him to come in. And even when they did have Harry Grant on the bench, you've got to remember they were carrying Nico Hines on the bench anyway. So um, I don't think it worries them too much carrying maybe a hooker on the bench and a utility. But personally, I think Harry Grant, he'll be the nine next year and you'll see Brandon Smith moving to Jersey 13, which will free up uh, Nick Meany to grab 14, in my opinion. Yeah, totally. And, and Brandon Smith is just so dangerous in that 13 jersey. I think he'll be really good for the Melbourne Storm. Talking about losses now, we've got Addo Carr leaving. We've got Nico Hines, obviously, going to the Cronulla Sharks along with Dale Finucane. And I think Dale Finucane could be a big loss for them. He's a really good leader in that 13 jersey. Also, Nico Hines, he was playing some exceptional footy for the, the Melbourne Storm this year. And at one point, we were arguing that he was better than Ryan Pappenhausen when he had that um, head injury, obviously. And uh, Ryan Pappenhausen just came back, just came back and had a cracker of us at the back end of the season. And look, you talk about Nico Hines. I, I think he will be a big loss as well. Obviously, Addo Carr. Um, but I think Xavier Coates is a great replacement for Addo Carr in terms of the speed factor and the try scoring ability. Yeah, for me, Dale's the biggest loss by far and away. I think they're going to miss him a lot. Uh, if I had to rank their biggest losses in the last 10 years, you know, you'd obviously have the big three at the top, but then I would probably have Dale next, to be honest with you. I think he's going to be massive. He's a true leader down there. Every Mel Melbourne Storm guy that I've had on the podcast has just spoken so highly about him. And even the guys that were at Canterbury when he was there, when he was a younger guy too, uh, I think he's made five or six grand finals, which, yes, he's been at Melbourne, but he was also at Canterbury for, I think, three years, and they made two grand finals in that time. So he's just one of those guys. He just set standards. Um, from what I've gathered, he's one of the hardest trainers um, rugby league has just about ever seen. Um, the Melbourne boys have a nickname for him down there. It's Chaos. And apparently, I, I haven't done my research, but apparently Chaos is a, it's a term for training when your body sort of gets into a danger zone of, essentially overtraining yourself and hurting yourself. And they have to constantly pull Dale back from that. So, mate, to lose that sort of a guy is going to be massive. I mean, we look at the Origin Series this year. He came in in game three and, the, and Freddie gave him the vice captaincy straight away. He didn't even play in the first two games. So, mate, the ultimate compliment to a guy like Dale, I think it's going to be very hard to fill the void that he's left. Ability-wise, they can probably cover it. But just leadership-wise, um, it's a massive loss. Yeah, totally. And you talk about leaders that could step up. They've obviously got Cameron Munster, who they were speaking highly of as a captain. Um, but just from recent events, you know, you could argue that that might not happen. And in terms of leaders at Melbourne Storm at the moment, there's not many, and there won't be many like Delphinukin, as you talk of, uh, probably the hardest worker at training and, and just the little things like that. They really form those big leaders. And I think Cronulla are going to really, really benefit from this guy. Even him, with the likes of Cameron McInnes coming in, a bunch of those leaders, a bunch of those older, more experienced heads, I think Cronulla is really going to benefit from that. Yeah, for sure. It's just going to be interesting with Cronulla positional-wise if uh, 
if they've got the guys to be able to put points on the table, they're sort of going in without an established seven. Uh, as good as Nico Hines was, we've only seen Nico Hines in a team that was close to unbeatable with superstars all around him. You know, it's going to be a very different story at Cronulla. So a big test for Nico. Also a rookie coach, uh, Craig Fitzgibbon arriving there. Obviously, I love Fitz. I've had him on the podcast, champion fella. Uh, but the reality is with Craig Fitzgibbon that He's never been outside of the Rooster system. He arrived there in 2000, I think it was. It's now 2021. He's been in there for 20 years. He's seen a heap of premierships, heap of success. But it's one of the most well-run businesses in Australia. Definitely one of the one of the best-run teams in the NRL, probably second to the Melbourne Storm. So he's going from the perfect situation with, you know, Trent Robinson, Nick Politis, these guys, to the Cronulla Sharks who sacked their coach mid-season, who got them to two final series in a row without a halfback, without a 13 like Victor Radley. Um, they're still sort of in a bit of a hangover from that premiership in 2016 as well. So they obviously don't have the resources the Roosters have, the money the Roosters have, uh, the ability to sign guys for a cheaper value that the Roosters always have. So it's going to be a massive test for Cronulla. I think they're one of the more interesting teams to watch next year. I think as well with Cronulla signing-wise, if you've got a leader like Delphinukin, uh, and those guys you talk about, I think it is going to be just, I think it's going to be a more attractive club for those rookie players coming in the system. Uh, they see a guy like Dalfinukin and it is just going to be so, so good for them. Um, talking about the next team on this list, we've got the Penrith Panthers. Now, I gave them an A rating. Personally, I didn't want to give them an A plus considering they did beat my team in the grand final, but I've given them an A. Um, I really like what the Panthers have done this season. Just in terms of coming back from that loss in 2020 and then um, really playing some of their best footy in 2021. We did see a little stint from them without Nathan Cleary, which was quite scary as well. They didn't look as good as Penrith usually do, but that just shows you how good Nathan Cleary is in that system. Yeah, I mean, the reality is you take the best player out of any team, they're not going to be as good. Uh, I don't think that's anything against Penrith. I, I think you'll find too that, a number of those games that Nathan was missing, uh, especially the ones that Isaiah Yo was out of the side too, they looked they looked terrible without the two of them. Um, but as I said, you take the best player of any team, they are going to struggle. I, I would probably argue, I, I'd probably give them an A as well. Um, I, I honestly think the 2021 Panthers on paper, they, they would probably beat this current Panthers side. Um, but the most impressive thing about the 2021 Panthers is that they had to find new ways to win. Last year, they were blitzing teams. They're scoring points. It's it, you know it's high energy, high celebration. And then the back end of this season, they knew their attack wasn't clicking, and you know that that's a result of just being exhausted from you know climbing the mountain, having to reclimb it again, dealing with state of origin. So they just transitioned their football into a defensive mindset. We're going to kick you into the corners. We're going to umbrella our defence, bury you there. If you get on the front foot, we're going to give away a six again. Doesn't worry us. Then we'll be set and we're going to bash you for those first three tackles. So completely different styles from this time last year to the team that won the grand final the other night, which is the ultimate compliment to this Panthers team. Uh, I've had a lot of people message me and say, oh, they can't win next year. They're going to be too exhausted. And you know what? I almost agree with you, but I didn't think they'd be able to win this year because they'd be exhausted from last year. So it's really hard to doubt this side. Any team with Nathan Cleary in it, um, they're going to be a serious threat. He he's, he looks more dangerous to me now than ever. Now that he's won that premiership, takes a bit of weight off the shoulders. Just means he can go out and play footy. If if we were five or six years down the track and he still hadn't won a competition, 
Um, it, it, it'd be a bit worrying for Nathan Cleary to be weighing on his shoulders. Now he's freed up. It sort, sort of reminds me of when Brad Fittler won with the Roosters in 2002. You know, he'd arrived six or seven years before that, the best player in the world. They hadn't won a premiership. And once Freddie won it in 2002, it just sort of took the weight off his shoulders. And of course, they went back there in 2003. And then they went back again in 2004 off the back of Freddie. So Nathan Cleary, we could be in for something special over the next few years, I think. Yeah, totally. And they've got quite a similar side as well going into next year. They've pretty much re-signed their whole starting team. They've re-signed Stefan Crichton till 2023, Fisher Harris till 2026, Robert Jennings till 2022, Mitchell, Mitch Kenny till 2022, Spencer Lianu till 2023, Moses Liotta till 2024, Jerome Luai 2024, Scott Sirenson 2023, and Isaiah Yo 2024. So I think that is really beneficial for them, especially Isaiah Yo. I think that keeping him in this team is so beneficial for this side. Yeah, for sure. He's the uh, he's the glue to this team. Nathan Cleary is the best player, no doubt about it. But Isaiah Yo, he's the glue to this side. Uh, I think they'd be in serious trouble without him. They they lose a couple of guys. They lose Kurt Capewell, obviously. Uh, that'll really hurt them. He's a very experienced uh, and reliable player. I, I would have him in my top shelf of second rowers. I know a lot of people prefer um, the high-octane attack of, you know, your kick-outs or your David Fafitas. But Capewell is just reliable as all hell. They will really miss him. Tavita Mango Jr. wasn't there for long. I, I, they'll be fine without him. Matt Burton, they're really going to miss. But there's a couple of guys that are coming through their their, their reserve grade that played a few games of footy this year, like um, Taylor May and these sort of guys that they have just been carving it up in reserve grade. So I have no doubt they'll step up and be okay. Brett Naden, another one that's going to hurt your depth. But I think there's enough young guys in this Panthers team to be able to come in and do a job there. So... Yeah, they, they definitely will be right up there once again. I'll tell you what, though. They definitely are going to miss Kurt Catewell's defense. The, some of the defensive stats that he's pulled this season are just unbelievable. And, yeah, that, that, that defensive factor is really going to be missed, especially when you've got Penrith Panthers being one of the def- best defensive teams in the comp at the moment. Yeah, I kind of feel like their defense is so good that they are going to be able to cover him, to be honest with you. Um, and yeah, he's a great player, no doubt about it. But defense is, is an attitude and that whole system, they, they have such a fantastic attitude around defense at the moment. They, they will miss Kate, well, no doubt about it whatsoever. But I don't think it's going to be, um, I don't think it's going to be ca- catastrophic to, to any extent. I think there will be other guys that will come in. And, and do a job there. But uh, any team with Kirk Cable in it, uh, they're definitely better for it. No doubt about that. Yeah, true. And if we're looking for a replacement for Kirk Cable, there's a guy that I'm looking at here, Scott Sirenson. Now, some of the stints he's had this season are just unbelievable. Uh, and he really puts in 100% effort every game he plays. And he literally had a something broken in his forearm for a little bit of the back end of the season and he comes back a week after that report with a highly with a heavily strapped forearm and plays some of the best footy I think I've seen him play. So he's just so he's so deadly in this Panthers side. And I think if I'm looking for a guy to replace someone like Kurt Catewell, I think I'm choosing a Scott Sorensen. Yeah, well Scott Sorensen's one option here. He'll do a job for you, no doubt about it. You've got to remember also like they've they've got Liam Martin in this team too. So oh, yeah. They've got so many options, it's not even funny. Um, you've still got Matty Eisenhuth who's in this team. As much as you wouldn't play him out in the back row, but you know you could bring Eisenhuth into the middle, which means you could move Liam Martin out of the middle out there. So, I mean, 
Liam Martin, he's a, he's a New South Wales representative now. They could play him on an edge or um, they could play the man that you suggested as well, Scotty Sorensen. So, uh, mate, I honestly, regardless of what happens here, I don't think they're going to be that much worse off, to be honest with you. Uh, and the other thing too is, you know, they're, they're a premiership winning team now. You know, if I'm a second rower on the market and I get the Panthers coming to me, like you, you're going to take a reduced deal to be able to go there now. So they got so many options. Like, uh, you know, the, the Dragons at the moment, they're trying to get rid of um, Tariq Sims, a guy that hasn't won a premiership. I mean, you could probably get a guy like him pretty cheap for this side as well. So this is the beauty of winning premierships, being a successful side. You can go to the market and get, you know, guys for, you know, 400K that, you know, the West Tigers, for example, they might have to pay 650, you know. So oh, I think they'll be fine, mate. I think they've got enough talent within this squad to be able to fill this hole. Um, and if they need to go outwards, I, I think they'd be fine there too, realistically. Jeez, Liam Martin, I nearly forgot about him, but he's just fantastic too. As you say, origin representative. I mean, they do have a lot of depth to Penrith Panthers. And I think as well, that factor that they've just won a premiership, it is just so attractive to the young guys coming through. It's almost like you see Nathan Cleary, it's where do I sign in this Penrith Panthers side? And yeah, it's going to be a scary thought seeing what they can accomplish in 2022. Next team I've got here is the South City Rabbitohs. Now, they had a fantastic season. They had one of the best seasons I think I've seen South have in a while. Um, just Wayne Bennett. I think Wayne Bennett's the word you, you, you use there. The things that he's done at that club are just unbelievable. I've given them an A-. minus. I think that, um, as I said, they've just looked really good all season. It's a huge improvement from seasons beforehand, especially when you see that they have missed out on that big dance a few times and then coming back uh, and getting into the grand final, I think was just amazing for South Sydney. Yeah, for sure. You'd have to give them, you know, up, up with a B plus or, or an A, one of those two realistically. Um, yeah. Really interesting South Sydney over the next six months. Obviously you got Wayne leaving, which we know from experience when Wayne leaves a room, it tends to be on fire. So it's going to be interesting to see how that does play out for South Sydney. Um, You've also got Adam Reynolds leaving. The combo of losing your seven and your coach, who's arguably the best coach ever, it's going to be a massive test for them, especially when they don't have someone to walk into both of those shoes. They don't have a seven. And there's not many guys that are of the caliber of Adam Reynolds, of course. So it's no um, it's no real negative on the guys that will have to replace him because it's near impossible to replace Adam Reynolds. But it's going to be a tough gig. And then Andrew Demutra, I mean, he's a rookie coach coming in off a guy that's had 50 years experience. Um, I, I often think with guys that follow Wayne Bennett, it's normally the assistant. Everyone says, oh, they've had two years to watch him, but it's all good and well. But there would be so many things that Wayne Bennett would just know how to deal with that he probably wouldn't even have time to explain to you because he's done it 50 times. He just goes about his business. He, you know, we, we know Wayne Bennett, if he's, if he's got to say something, he'll say it in three words. He won't say it in 30. And if you are an assistant coach and you're trying to learn from Wayne, you want him to say those 30 words, you want to take everything in, but he won't. He'll give you three words and he'll move on because he's in the premierships business. He, he's not in the friends business, realistically, Wayne. So big test. I've I, got to tell you, when I was watching that grand final, every time they flashed up to the uh, the coach's box, Wayne's sitting there cool as a cucumber. Demetrio looked like he was having a fit up there. That was That's a bit of a worry for me. I understand it's a high-pressure situation and I would have been exactly the same. I mean, I coach you. you. You've seen me and Ross on the sideline. We, we can barely control ourselves either. But it's all good and well to be like that. But when you're replacing a guy like Wayne, who's so cool, 
calm and collected. The players are used to that now. It's going to be really hard to emulate that sort of coaching. And it's sort of like with Wayne, you know, if they play poorly, Wayne can walk into the sheds after and not say anything and they all go, fuck, we're in trouble. If Demetrio walks in, I mean, he's got to yell and scream for you to get his attention because he's not Wayne Bennett, you know. So big test for South Sydney. I'm, I'm very interested to see how that transition goes next season. Yeah, no, it's just it's just crazy. And um, you look at the amount of experience both coaches have had, it is going to be such a difference for South Sydney. And they're losing a lot of players as well. They are losing a lot of players and a lot of their depth. You look at the losses they've got, Braden Burns, Joshua Cook, Troy Dargan has been released, which I thought was a bit of a weird one. Dane Gagai, obviously going to Newcastle. Patrick Margot recently just signed with the Wigan Warriors. Benji Marshall just retired recently. Adam Reynolds, obviously the Broncos. Jaden Sewer to the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Those are some big, big losses. And I mean, you look at some of the replays of this season and you look at Cody Walker even, a lot of the plays that Cody Walker was going off, Dane Gagai was involved in, Adam Reynolds was involved in. So it's going to be really interesting to just see Cody Walker. Uh, and I think it is going to be really interesting as a whole to see how Souths cope with some of their biggest playmakers exiting the club. Yeah, I mean, without harping on Adam Reynolds once again, um, you know, you can sit and watch all these highlight reels of Cody Walker this year. Nine times out of 10, the guy creating that space for him is Adam Reynolds. No one's talking about it though. Uh, so it's going to be a big test for Cody Walker, especially off the back of that grand final, how that impacts him. Um, the other guy that stands out for me there is Dane Gagai. Um, I just think in attack and defense, he is criminally underrated in rugby league. I think South Sydney are really, really going to miss him. And then, you know, guys like Josh Cook, Jaden Sewer, you know, Patrick Mago as well. I love Mago. I can't believe he's gone to England. That's that's blown me away that there aren't teams that could do with him in their side. They're just sort of depth guys that when you have a couple of injuries and when you are a new coach and you're coming in after Wayne, you know, it's all going to be very hard. I have no doubt that at some point they're going to have an injury run where having these sort of guys in the system, um, it's going to be very hard to fill those gaps. I mean, when Benji or, or sorry, when when Walker or Adam Reynolds went down this year, you just slotted Benji Marshall in to get a 300 gamer, former Golden Boot winner. He's seen everything to come in. Like it just makes life so easy that they're not going to have that to fall on next year. If I mean, mate, if Cody Walker gets injured at some point next year, which I know is unlikely, he's very rarely injured, but he's turning 32 next year. If Walker gets injured at some point, what's going to happen? I mean, it's uh, – and, you know, a lot of teams are in the same boat if they lose their star player, but I just feel like South Sydney, they're, they're, they're in an interesting spot. And the, the thing about Wayne Bennett, he always gets the very best out of his forwards. It doesn't matter who they are, he'll get the very best out of them. Um, so, you know, when, when you look at their forward pack on paper, take out Cam Murray – there's no real out-and-out superstars. You know, they haven't got one of the best front rowers. They haven't got the two best edge-back rowers in rugby league. Uh, it's going to be a big test to see what Demetrio can get out of them because you're coming off the high of a grand final. Everyone's going to be gassed. Wayne Bennett's left. New voice, very different voice. Um, sort of starting to uh, re repeat myself here a little bit, but I think that's the big question out of South Sydney. How are they going to recover from losing Wayne and, and Adam Reynolds, obviously? Yeah, totally. And you look at how Wayne Bennett's got the best out of his forwards. You've seen it this year. You've seen Mark Nichols have an, like an, a huge season. You've seen Cameron Murray have one of the best seasons I think he's had in a while. You've seen um, guys even like Patrick Margot just coming off the bench and having one of the biggest impacts for South Sydney. And 
it is just going to be so difficult to recover from losing a guy like Wayne Bennett and having a guy like Demetrio come in. And that's the, that's the big question. Do the boys trust him? Do the boys, um, if they the boys are looking for someone to listen to in the sheds, is that guy Demetrio? Is that guy, um, or is it one of the more experienced guys in the sheds? And, and you, and you just don't know, um, in terms of if Cody Walker gets injured or just in terms of the squad next year, there's one guy I'm looking at and I've seen him a bit of in, in SG ball and he's been really, really effective uh, and just re-signed two from the South Sydney Rabbitohs and that's Lachlan Ilias. I've seen him play with, with Blake Taff and you talk about how Adam Reynolds was playing off the back of a guy like, um, sorry, how Cody Walker was playing off Adam Reynolds. Um, Blake Taff was playing a lot off Lachlan Ilias as well. So I think Lachlan Ilias would be quite or would suit Cody Walker quite well if they did bring him in maybe halfway through the year or just slowly blooded him into the game, maybe bring him as off off the bench as a 14. I think Lachlan Ilias would be quite effective as well. Um, but Blake Taft, there's a lot of weight on his shoulders come next season with the exit of Adam Reynolds. They've obviously said that he will be that halfback next year. And as I said, a lot of weight on his shoulders. Have they said that he will be the halfback? They've, they've said that he is the most likely to be the halfback. Yeah, no, nah, it'll be interesting, mate. I really like Ilias as well, but he's obviously young. He's very raw. Um, it's it's going to be tough to blood him. It's, I imagine that they are going to be on the back foot at some point. It's it's a hard it's a hard moment to bring a new halfback into the system. And, yeah, Blake Taff has done really well, uh, but he has been playing out the back of Walker um, and of Adam Reynolds. I love him. I think he's a good footballer, but moving into that seven jersey, it's going to be tough. And, it, mate, it's going to be the exact same situation with Wayne Bennett. As I said, there's going to be a million things that Wayne Bennett does as a coach that you probably don't realize he's doing until you're in the job. Mate, whoever wears that seven jersey, there's going to be a million things that Adam Reynolds had on his plate that no one ever would have even noticed that he was doing, whether it's pulling forwards to certain spots, getting them to certain areas, getting play the balls in a certain spot, where he puts kicks. There's a million things that would be on Adam Reynolds, um, on his checkbook every single game that he's probably never even, you know, it's just second nature to him as an experienced halfback that they are going to learn the hard way. Um, and geez, if you're a young halfback with Cody Walker outside you and Cody Walker doesn't get the ball when he wants it, fuck you in for a spray. It'd, uh, it'd rattle me from time to time. And we, we know that Cody Walker is a competitor. He doesn't like losing if they are on the back foot. Um, it could be very interesting times at South Sydney. Yeah, totally. And um, yeah, as you say, it is going to be such a huge um, weight on Blake Tuff's shoulders, especially from the type of guy Adam Reynolds was. He actually reminds me a bit of Cooper Cronk when he was at the Roosters. Obviously, having that shoulder injury comes into that grand final uh, and he leads that team in the park. He sort of remind that him and Adam Reynolds, I can compare really well just in, in, in terms of what they did on the field, as in terms of getting their forwards into the right spot, in terms of um, making calls on the field, in terms of being that vocal leader on the field, I think that is what South are really going to miss. And geez, as well, you, you, not, not just in the halves, but who who do you think is going to replace Dane Gagai? Uh, I, if I was South Sydney, I'd be moving uh, Campbell Graham probably to the left side. I think he's now their strike centre. and I, I think he's ready to be their strike centre as well. I'd be playing him on the left side with Maybe on the right side, um, probably Tane Milne, I would say, just running through. You've obviously got J- Josh Mansell to return. 
So you could play Paulo, and I know Paulo has played in the centers before, but um, yeah, that 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 center spot's going to be interesting. I would probably suggest Tane Milne, um, but I mean, there's there's also a long time to go in this season. I, I believe they just they just released Tao Tao Moga as well, so they might have a spot opening up there. Um, I mean, if I if I'm South Sydney, I play the vast majority of my football down that left edge, especially now that Benji's gone, they'll play a heap down that left edge. I honestly, I just want a good defender at right center for me. I'm not too worried about the attacking upside of that player. I just want a solid defensive center who I can rely on out there. So it wouldn't surprise me if they, if they were to go out in the market and uh, try and find someone there that you could, you could just get a solid defender without being a superstar for some really good value there. Yeah, no, totally. And I think um, actually Tane Mill would be a great choice to be honest. Some of the footy he was playing this year was incredible. And he, if you are looking for that strike center, he's definitely that. That the thing is that, as you say, the defense. He's got to prove himself in defense. I think Tao Tao Moga just signed with St George. He he just got released and literally that second got uh, signed with the St George Illawarra Dragons. So look, if you look at the depth of of South in terms of centers, there's not much there, but there's heaps of wingers. Uh, it is really going to be interesting to see how South do. Uh, fill those two spots, being halfback and centre. I think that is their real task going into 2022. Well, that was part one of the season 2022 preview. Thank you for listening to this one, guys. Part two does come out tomorrow. The whole podcast is actually dropping tonight on YouTube. I will be doing a premiere of the podcast, so make sure you stay tuned to that one it is going to be an absolute cracker i personally cannot wait thank you for choosing big lezzers league and all rugby league experience recommend this podcast to a friend and i'll see you guys in the next one Baby.